Welcome to the Straight from the Crest podcast. Welcome to episode two of the Straight from the Crest podcast. I'm your host, Michael David Kresovich, and Garrett Bastardi joins the show today. We got a packed show. We recap Penn State's win over Ball State over the weekend and preview the big showdown college game day, Penn State versus Auburn. Garrett, how are we doing today? Good, Mike. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Mikey Kresovich is my handle. And mine's uh, at Garrett MB. We're going we're gonna to jump into it here. A lot to get to today. Uh, stay tuned for our predictions at the end of the show. Uh, we're going to talk about Ohio State's loss. We're going to preview the game and give our predictions for Auburn Penn State. Mm-hmm. Uh, first and foremost, Garrett, 44 to 13 win over Ball State. They did what they needed to do. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was cool. We were watching the game with some former Letterman and um, you know a couple good former players. Uh, and you know towards the end of the game, they were. It's just so. It's funny how competitive they are. You know we're. The game is easily in hand, and they're getting ticked watching, you know, our third stringers play against Ball Straits for first and second stringers, them still letting them move the ball down the field. But, yeah, 44-13, to 13, um, you know, covered easily. You know, Ball State was not walking into that environment and, and having any shot. You know, that, that was an atmosphere, um, you know, for a non-Big Ten game, um, a non-Power 5 game. That was as good of an atmosphere as you can get. Um, it was loud. It was exciting. Um and yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good win. Um, you know, still some kinks on offense a little bit that need to be, that need to be worked out, but it, there was certainly an improvement, uh, nearly 500 yards of total offense is pretty solid. Um, you know, Cliff still needs to do some things like, you know, get rid of the ball, not taking, not taking sacks. You have to have the mental, you have to have the clock off in your head. If you're, you're at three, four seconds, you got to be looking to get the ball out of your hand. Um, and so that's just some of the little things that, we're playing a very athletic team this up ap- this upcoming week, and some little things that are going to have to be taken into account. Yeah, um, second week in a row, Sean Clifford didn't turn the ball over, and uh, he big. threw for 230 yards and a touchdown, averaged 7.9 yards per completion. Um, and I think he did a great job of running the ball as well. Yeah, uh, I think he's an underrated athlete. Truthfully, um, he's not he's not a tier one in terms of he's going to run you over, make you miss the open field, but. The one run, he did demonstrate some ability. Uh, he finished with 66 yards on the ground and a touchdown. But the ground game is kind of what I want to move into first. Uh, Noah Kane is tough after the catch. He yeah. he literally – there was probably three instances where he was tough to bring down. He's just a big guy. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's someone that the f- the first guy is not going to take him down. And there's, there's so, there's so much to be said with that. Um, you know, whether it's receiving out of the backfield or, you know, getting out into the open space. Uh, he, he did a good job of, he does a very good job of making that first guy miss. Um, and always, you know, he falls forward and there's something to be said about that, where if you can fall forward, you can get those two, three extra yards. Um, you do that over, you know, 10 or 12 carries that, that starts adding up. And so that's something that that's a very, he has a very innate ability to do that. Um, and, you know, with Cliff's running ability, you know, he's fast. You know, you yeah. get him out, you, yeah. now you get him running in a straight line. Like, he's fast. He's not going to make you miss, but you're not. it's going to be tough to really, you know, catch him. He had a 43-yard run yesterday, and that was, you know, I was – we were watching what that. A, I was just like, whoa. What, a, what was your immediate reaction when you saw uh, 
14 take a snap under center for the first time in I don't know how many years. Yeah, well, well <laughs> um, yeah, we have a we have a friend who's an old Penn State uh, fan, and we can't really repeat what he what he said, but he was excited, and I, you can you leave that to your imagination when you saw that last week at Wisconsin. This week, it, it's I think it's something that is it just provide some versatility even if you're eight ten twelve percent of your snaps are under center it, it, it makes the defense think yeah. a little bit so um you know it, it'll be good to see that no more shotgun victory formation no right. more spiking the ball out of the gun i, I didn't really that's like that terrifying I'm a, I'm a spread guy through and through I, yeah. we're not in the 80s anymore you're not going to pound the ball 44 times up you the middle three full backs in the no absolutely i don't want a full back on the roster okay. quite frankly <laughs> we can move one of our 12 tight ends in there uh yeah. But yeah, just giving us the the at least option to run under center, mm-hmm. like you said, late in games, the QB sneak there, and it was funny because I rewatched it. It was like a half-assed under center. Both of his feet were four yards behind the line yeah, of scrimmage, yeah. and he was like, because I didn't know what they were gonna do uh, with it. But that you could tell the people where we were with were kind of, whoa, what yeah, just happened? Yeah. It was it well, it looked like something different. You see, um, and you know, Mike Yurcich definitely is in the you know the family of. Um, offensive play calling when it comes to the, the Lincoln Rileys, the Mike Gundys, um, guys like that, even Mike Leach uh, to an extent. You know, it all comes from that play calling tree. Um, and when Baker Mayfield was at Oklahoma, when Patrick Mahomes was at Texas Tech, they would line up under center every once in a while. But how they do it is very they're they're out. Their their foot is yeah. already out, uh, if you will. It's not the most fun. It's not what you expect when you see Wisconsin. You know, line up under right. center. It is. You know, they're still running the spread. They're just doing it not from the gun. Um, and so, you know, and that that's just some interesting some interesting things that we haven't seen here in in, yeah. in a few years. We have a nice, um, but you know, things are starting to come together with with the offense a little bit. What they're going to try to do, it seems like to me, you know, we had 253 yards passing, 240 yards rushing. They are going to try to make things as balanced as possible. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have 350 yards passing and 125 yards rushing. They want it to be 250 and 250. If you do that, you're going to be successful. Yeah, and I think part of that balance is uh, this weekend was a great chance to showcase how deep Penn State really is. Mm-hmm. You had J- Jahan Dodson, uh, 65 yards and a touchdown. Parker Washington, who I was watching Seattle today. Parker Washington Tyler Lockett might be the same player. Yeah, yeah. They are just electrifying after the catch. Mm-hmm. They're strong. They're both 5'10", 5'11". They're not big bodies, but... He's a uh, strong kid. He is. He yeah. is. And a uh, guy like Noah Kane, uh, first of all, I got to say this, Kayvon Lee, he reminds me of Saquon Barkley. If you watch him cut back, it it, it just reminds me of, yeah, he's shifty. of peak 2017 Saquon Rose Bowl, which we talked about. It was yeah. yesterday. There's glimpses in there. Yeah. And so that's basically, that's it for the offense. It was a showcase. Special teams improved. Um Yep. Jordan Stout, three for four, and the one miss was from 45, and it was okay, like big deal. He missed, I think he missed, pushed it right. It's not like he missed it short. Right. Correctable right. things. Yeah. And I, one thing with the offense going in the next week, I would like to see, um, you know, Brenton Strange, Theo Johnson, the tight ends get that, that core, get more involved in the offense a little bit. They're great athletes. Um, you know, the first two weeks, they, they have some under five combined catches. So that's something that I think needs to start to be a little bit more uh, put a put a little bit more of an emphasis on the play calling you know try to you know pick their spots where we can get them involved um, and you know I, 
if you can if you can open up that part of the game now you're looking at all three phases with you know the guys outside the interior passing with the tight ends and then and then the running back group uh you know that's there's a lot of athletes there that are tough to 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 defend yeah and we'll get into this during the auburn preview but uh later i will highlight something that's going to make those tight ends shine this weekend that auburn does that that's going to open up uh some some connections to the tight ends uh but Let's go to the defense. Um, 13 points. The only touchdown was in garbage time when we had the third guys in, and uh, you didn't really know anyone. It was in the final moments of the game. Your takeaways from that. Yeah. uh, I mean, 69 yards rushing on 26 carries, that's just such a good number. Uh, Their leading rusher was Steele with seven carries for 18 yards. Uh, I mean, you you can't do any better than that. Um, Yeah, they had 226 yards – passing but 50 of that was in garbage time with the backup um plit went 29 for 30 or 25 for 39 for only 176 and two yeah that's such a good stat line for the defense in college yeah that's right (laughs) um and you know their guy uh hall had 35 yards receiving Tariq and joey porter shut down justin hall i i looked at you one time in the third quarter and i said yeah so justin hall who's that because he the loud uh he's a guy who's going to play yeah nfl and so looked back on it, his 35 yards, I believe he had, uh, he hasn't, he's had nine, that was his lowest in nine games. Right. Penn State completely took him out of the game. Yep. And that was Johannes Tyler. Um, their, their other guy had two receptions for 21 yards. Uh, it, very clearly they were trying to take out, um, you know, their biggest playmakers. And if you do that, you kind of take away what Ball State can throw at you. And so, you know, so far this year, it's, it's early, but Brent Pry has taught, called two great games so far. Um, and, you know, hopefully he can he can do the same going forward. Um, you know, obviously, as we'll talk about this upcoming weekend, it's a different animal, even to Wisconsin. Um, you know, this is uh, – Auburn's going to be able to spread the field a lot more, so we'll see how those athletes and this defense is going to be able to handle that. Yeah, and toward the end of the game there, we were able to see uh, Taquan Robertson come in. Yeah. And it's hard to say because the N- the college is not like the NFL. In the NFL, when you have a backup quarterback, you know that's the next guy in line. College, with this new transfer portal, or not new anymore, but the transfer portal makes it. So we don't know who's going right. to be our quarterback after Clifford. Clifford could still come back next year. He has a year of eligibility left. Yeah. Uh, so, but what – I mean, he, he, he did throw a touchdown late. It was a he, nice ball on the run. He too. did. It, it was a play action. He, he looked like Trace McSorley. He, his <laughs> – yeah. His hips remind me of Trace McSorley when he throws a football. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a. Uh, I, I just you know again talking to some of the lettermen who have been at practice. Um, you know, he's a Robertson is a really good athlete. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot more that goes goes into that, um, and clearly he can throw the ball. Um, how is he handling reading coverages? How is he handling um, you know pressure stuff like that? Uh, you know, it was great to just see him in live game action. Um, clearly has a lot of potential, has a good arm. Um, and, you know, but with the transfer portal, like you said, that, you know, the, the backup quarterback is becoming something of a little bit of a, you know, a little bit in the past. So, uh, yeah, like in the NFL, next man up, you know, kind of playing for the future. I don't know if that's the same situation here, but it's good to see that, you know, we do have a kid with an arm if, if anything were to happen. So, Garrett, a little trivia for you here. Okay. Marquise Wilson played both sides of the ball in the game Saturday. Who was the last Penn State player to do that? He was at the game yesterday. He was at the game. I mean, someone who 
did play both sides of the ball was Justin King. Justin King. Yeah. That was the last Penn Stater. And he yeah. was there yesterday. And, oh, cool. uh, and nice. Franklin's presser afterward, he, he gave him a shout-out. So. Yeah, he was, part of that, uh, he was part of that class that uh, brought Penn State back. Yeah. Him, Derek Williams, and Jordan Norwood. Uh, Justin King was recruited as a wide receiver. They ended up moving over to Cornell. At 105,000 <laughs> at a Penn State opener. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last time they did that was the 2008 season. Do you remember who they played? They uh, they won sixty six to ten. Coastal Carolina. They, yes, it was Coastal. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. uh, I I might I might have been on the sideline okay. for that game. Um, I Coastal Carolina there. is far better now than they yes, were then. They're not they're the not same. They're not a cupcake they're anymore. Not the same you can't team. Break, yeah. That would be a you know that would be a ranked matchup. And do now. you know what their mascot is? It's a Chanticleer. <laughs> Chanticleer. Yeah. I'm not going to get these Bobby Mike. <laughs> Alrighty, and just a couple like uh, roundup notes. That was yep. Penn State's 300th career win at home. Yep. Uh, that that was flashed on the board after we left, and um, Sean Clifford eclipsed the 5,000 yard mm-hmm. passing mark. Uh, he's in the elite of. He's the 10th guy to do that. Okay. So. Cool. Good. Good for so him. with that being said, the Nits the Nits moved to two and zero, but a team didn't move to two and zero, and that was the Ohio State Buckeyes. How does the loss Ohio State's loss Saturday impact Penn State? Yeah, um, well, from from a gameplay standpoint, uh, Ohio State has a lot to figure out when it comes to especially the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, that C.J. Stroud threw for nearly 500 yards, had a late force pick, but I, I believe threw for four touchdowns. Um, offense is never an issue for them. They are 112th in total defense in the country right now. Um, I believe that number is worst among Power Five. Uh, their defensive coordinator, Kerry Combs, they're going to have to make a change at some point. Um, and I, I think the writing is on the wall there. And so, you know, th- this is a position that they have not been in in, in a while. Um, they are still very dangerous. They can still go to the playoff. They can still, you know, I was saying last week, it would, to me it looked like them in Alabama. Yeah. Um, offensively, that's still the same case. But defensively, my goodness, um, you know, they will be able to hang with anybody because their offense, but their defense is just not championship caliber. So that's from a gameplay from a uh, standpoint, from a sort of college football and big 10 landscape perspective. Um, it's not too early to talk about that. Right. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're in the hunt. And I, always. And, I that, and I think that's kind of, you know, where you go is, you know, Penn state, you know, they have Indiana after the Auburn game and Villanova, and then they're going to have to go to Iowa. Mm-hmm. So Iowa is going to be the first real Big Ten test of the year. I, I don't think Indiana is going to be there. It'll be a tough game. Any Big Ten game's tough, but it looks like to me now, going on the road at Iowa it scares me as much as going on the road at, at Ohio State. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just something. I mean, Oregon, which is a team that had to eke out a win last week against a decent Fresno State team, went in and really took control of the game in the horseshoe pretty early on. Um, so. It's it's just going to be interesting to see where Ohio State can go two different ways here. You know, they I could see them you know a nine and three year at this point if they can't figure it out on defense. Um, you, I could also still see them being in the playoff. So this is the first time in a while with with you know our our neighbors to the west that they're it isn't definitive as to actually how good they really are. So um, you know it, it seems like it's us and them in the east. Uh, you know, Michigan won on on Saturday night. Michigan um, doesn't scare me. I'll say but, that. Yeah, and the and you know, getting them at home. Yeah, that that's been a, a game that you know whoever's the you know whoever's at home is heavily favored. 
Uh, yeah, they win convincingly, no matter. Right. Ohio State, because, again, because they can go out and throw for 500 yards any night that they yeah. want to, that's a team that can beat anybody in the country. So, obviously, they're they're very good. Uh but they're not they're not unbeatable. Right. They're Let's not t- the, they're not the Justin Fields team a couple years no. ago when Penn State was nine and one. They're not last year's team. Um, they're they're to be had. Yeah. And that's something that Penn State will have to take advantage of. And let's talk about a team that's not capable of throwing for 500 yards per game, and that's okay. the Auburn Tigers, okay. who Penn State welcomes in Saturday. Certainly cannot throw for 500 yards. Uh, not with. I mean, they've lost their top three receivers yeah. from the year prior. Uh, Anthony Schwartz, who was a, a USC USA team track member, gone. One of the fastest guys in the country. Uh, Seth Williams gone. Um, you know, Shedrick Jackson right now is their leading receiver yeah. at 90 yards through two games. Um, they haven't done a lot through the air. Uh, they've been efficient through the air, but they haven't done a lot so far in their first two games. They've done everything on the ground. Um, and so, uh, you know, if, if you can't throw for 200 yards a game against Alabama State and Akron, uh, I, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to come in to Beaver Stadium Saturday night and do that. Yeah, and Bo Nix anchors their offense. Uh, yeah. Bo Nix is a pretty well-known name throughout the college football world. Yeah. He doesn't scare me, uh, but what I will say is he can move. Mm-hmm. He has the great legs athlete. to do it. Yeah, he's a, he's a great athlete, no doubt. Um, but what what his knockback is, first and foremost, he bails too early in the pocket. So you, what you will see this weekend is Penn State, and Penn State blitzed often, and they were methodical. They disguised their, disguised their coverages in the win yeah. against Ball State, and they're going to do the same against Auburn. And what you're going to see is – Bo Nix trying to – it's going to be loud. It's going to be a whiteout. He's going to try to lead the pocket. Nix is the leader there. He he cannot throw the ball down the field. He ranked 68 last year in dot, which is average depth of target, uh, which is kind of an advanced analytical stat uh, that tracks your average completion where you are on the field. He's He does not complete the balls down. What he does do well is – his first read, when he sees his first read and makes the throw, that's when he can be effective. But outside of that, if Penn State can slow it down, it's going to be bad for the Tigers. Yeah, um, yeah, and they and they have a new, you know, a whole new offense in there uh, with with Malzahn. They were doing a lot of, you know, spreading the field, trying to go east west, bubble screens, you know, tunnel screens, stuff like that. Um, this year's a little different. They've they've you know done a little more in the in the vertical passing game but again it is against a very uh you know a very limited uh you know sample size so far he's uh, he's he's in graham mertz's category to me um yeah i'll differ with you a little bit there i i think that he is bo Nix was a five-star quarterback yeah. um a really good athlete has gone in as a freshman and beaten alabama yeah um and so he, I respect the fact that his ceiling is extremely high. His ceiling is very high. But his decision-making has not – I have not been impressed. Um, as someone who has put money on Al- on Auburn <laughs> games and relied on Bo Nix to win me money, um, I'm not – I have never really been totally impressed. But, again, I respect the ceiling that he has um, and the fact that he has athletes all around him. Yeah, and first – Third, as they say, SEC speed. Exactly. Hunter. Jacquez Hunter is their leading rusher right now. He's kind of a big body guy. They're going to put him down in short yardage situations mm-hmm. and do that. And like you said earlier, they lost their top three wideouts who were not who were ranked dead last in the SEC last year. Yeah. They're not a great team in terms of wide receivers and in the pass game. Where they right. excel is at the running back position and their mm-hmm. corners. And they have great corners who I said earlier where I think – the tight ends that Penn State have will flourish 
this weekend. I think if Sean Clifford can complete passes within the one to nine range and not try to go over the top to Parker Washington, because I I would not be I would not be surprised if Sean Clifford threw two interceptions to okay. this talented secondary. They have three guys who are just absolute ball hawks, and uh, it's backed up by Smoke Miller uh, at safety, but. Roger McCreary, Nehemiah Pritchett, and Dre- Sean Miller, who came over. Miller came over from West Virginia yeah. as a transfer. They're talented. Uh, Sean Clifford needs to be weary of these three guys this weekend. Yeah, um, you know something that he'll not be able to to do is you know a, you know a fluttering ball down the sideline. Someone like Smoke Monday or whoever the, whoever they have in safety coming over the top is going to be able to close and make a play on on, on that. Um, that's the speed that they have. They have great corners. Um, you know, it, <clears throat> with that said, um, it, it's it's not like we don't have great athletes. No. Penn State has yeah. great athletes either. So uh, I, I think it'll be an, an interesting matchup. Uh, I, I think the matchup will be, you know, how can, you know, Penn State's defense hold up against a, you know, a different level of, of athleticism as we've seen the first yeah. two weeks. Um, offensively, I, I think that Penn State will continue to, to, to build, open up the offense, um, get theirs. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't see this being a, a shootout by any means. Um, you know, I think that this is a little more of a, a, a you know, p- field position battle early on seeing where you can get spots. Um, and then Penn state taking advantage of, of, uh, you know, instances like you were saying, you know, can they, can they work, you know, short yardage passing. Can they work the tight ends? Can they work in between the hashes? If they can do that, they'll kind of be able to. I think they'll be able to start attacking Auburn down the field later in the game. Yeah, and uh, let's uh, let's get into predictions. Yeah. Penn State's a six and a half point favorite. The yeah. over under right now, as we're looking at it, Sunday is fifty three and a half. Uh, what uh, what are you doing here? What's what do you think the final score is going to be, and who's covering? Who's winning? Who's covering? Yeah, I think uh, I think fit. Would you say fifty three and a half? Fifty three and a half. Uh, I think that's a good initial number. I would actually, I might take the under on that. Um, and I, I, I like something in the 24-17, 28-17 range, probably in favor of Penn State. Uh, you know, people always knock that Penn State is, what, I think, 8-8 eight and eight in whiteout games. Yeah. The real number is what are they against, against Ohio the, State. Or against, yeah, against them and against the spread. Yeah. And against the spread, there's something ridiculous like 12-3 and three or 11-4 yeah. and four or something like that. So... This is very much a seven to ten point um, advantage, and this is probably one of the larger, uh, one of the larger, and the the environment being a seven to ten point right. advantage, and one of the larger spreads for a whiteout game that Penn State has had. Um, you know, in sixteen, Penn State was a twenty point dog. Um, in eighteen, Penn State was a dog against Ohio State. Uh, you know, probably you have to go back to twenty seventeen when Penn State was was ranked second and was con- or in uh, Michigan was nineteenth. That Penn State was a touchdown favorite yeah. in the whiteout. So. Um, it would be, I, I think, 28-17, somewhere in that range. A 7-11 to 11 point win is where I'm going to hang the hat here. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go – I'm going 31-17. Okay. Uh, Penn State. Uh, I think I think you're going to see a couple interceptions out of Clifford, and that's okay. Like I said, it's one of the top secondaries in the country. But I think Penn State just has too many playmakers and too good of a defense to lose to Auburn. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I would generally agree. And it, this is, an, again, just like the Wisconsin game, this is such a big game, um, you know, in the season-long campaign, but also in a landscape 
game. Uh, you just can't really with the you know the reshaping of the college football landscape. You can't have your, you know, biggest scene, biggest environment, biggest show on natural natural national TV against a uh, a perennial SEC uh, team. Let them come into your your stadium and win. Yeah, you, you just can't do it. Um, and so th- this was a statement game for four, five, six different reasons. Um, you know, conference supremacy. Uh, you know, obviously the season itself uh, and and where this can lead if they win this game. You know, Penn State's now in the top ten, right? They're yeah. within. They're in. They're ranked tenth. They're in striking distance. They win this game. It's very likely they go to uh, the fifth a fifth ranked Iowa team undefeated um, in a game that would be gigantic. So that this game again is a, you know, it's very cool to have you know two of the first three games of the year be big rank matchups no doubt no doubt absolutely well thank you very much garrett uh we'll be every wednesday uh podcast rolling out here with previews and recap from previous weeks but uh next show we'll be talking about uh penn state's 31 17 win over (laughs) hubbard yeah well thanks man take care thanks mike